me. I like that. When I was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm throwing tigers on my shirt. And alligators. Uh-huh. You want to see the inside? Huh? I'll see you later. Here come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow. Why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh-huh. Here come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh-huh. Here comes respect. Enterprising, I ain't have to be in school by 10. I then began to encounter with my counter parts of how to burn the block apart. Break it down into sections, drugs by these selections. I was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm throwing tigers on my shirt. And alligators, uh-huh. you want to see the inside? Huh? I'll see you later. Here come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the... 
And I ain't have to be in school by 10 I've been Woo. Began to encounter With my counter Parts of how to burn the block apart Break it down into sections Drugs by these selections Some use pipes Others use injections Syringe sold separately Frank the deputy Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson Like my dick was missing To protect my position My corner, my layer While we out here Say the hustler's prayer If the game shakes me or breaks me I hope it makes me a better man What is going on, guys? What is going on? Cool. All right, man. What's We're up, here. Guys? Man, we got an interesting night in store for you guys, man. We actually don't have WWE, any WWE to talk about unless we talk about, which we probably will anyway, just that Cody thing that happened tonight. So, um, yeah, man. So, we've made you guys wait long enough, yeah. man. Let's just hop right into the intro. What is going yet again? Another edition of the Notorious Hills Podcast. Another edition of Notorious Unscripted. Man, this is episode one twenty three, to my knowledge. Um, and yeah, man, um, this is episode one twenty three of the podcast. Man, another edition of Notorious Unscripted. <laughs> and yeah, man, if this is your first time watching, you guys, do not know how the show works. Man, every Monday we are on here with Notorious Unscripted. And every Friday at 4 p.m. Central, we are on here with 
the newsman. So if you guys did miss this uh, this Friday's past edition of the news, the Christmas edition of the podcast, and Sir Kay's birthday edition of the show, you guys can now watch that on all platforms, man. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and if you want to see it first, again, right here, 4 p.m. Central, every Friday with the news. That one was FTR possibly making the move to WWE in 2023, and also WWE continuing Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins upon Cody's return. With that, man, if you guys have not got a chance to get your hands on all of this beautiful merchandise right here, man, you guys can now find this live on the merch shop. That is bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this video. It is also in either mine or Circa's social media pages, man. On the link tree page, it is not hard to find whatsoever, man. Um, all eight of these beautiful designs, like I said, the Chicago flag design, the Chicago skyline design, the base logo design, the best kept secrets to the IWC, the Riddler inspired shirt, the notorious scratch logo shirt, the only community that matters, the uncrowned kings of the IWC, the biggie shirt, and the Christmas merch, man. Um, well, again, all eight of these designs available in more than just a t-shirt live on the merch shop right now. Link is at the top of the description of this video, and it is either in mine or Sergey's social media pages, man. So, with that, if this is your first time watching, guys, do not know who we are here at the Notorious Seals Podcast. I am Johnny Mayhem, one half of the host of this very show, and as for the other half, we got my man Sergey here. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. It's going good. Just been uh, just been chilling out, man. Had a good holiday. Like Bill's asked. Hope everybody had a good holiday. I did, man. I did. What about you? And um, but I, I had a good holiday, man. Had a good holiday. I've just been chilling with family, man. The normal, normal stuff for a holiday, man. But um, back to it now and just waiting for, I guess, um, what is it called? The Royal Rumble. Yeah, man. <clears throat> that's the yeah. Right stop, I guess. So, just waiting for that, man. But usually, Durante's here, here to ask. Mm-hmm. Huh? Oh no, you're usually Durante's here to ask. How's life? How's family? Life's good. Family's good. Damn. Get. Give me one <clears throat> second. Holiday. Hope you guys have had a great holiday.
Okay. Okay, I apologize for that. I did not want you guys... Yes, Charlotte is at it again. Um, okay, I wanted you guys to actually hear how Cirque has been and not just look at a bunch of pixels. So with that, um, I am half of your host. It's weird starting from this point of the intro. I am one half of your host, Johnny Mayhem. And as for the other half, we got my man Cirque here. So how the hell are you, man? How's it going? I'm good, man. I'm good. Been a chilling out, man. It's been chilling out. I had a good holiday. Thank you, Bill, for asking. And just did normal holiday stuff. Family. Normal, normal holiday stuff. Never really do much, but the normal stuff is all that matters, man. But um, Dorante is usually here. <clears throat> usually here to ask, how's life? How's family? Life's good. Family's good. How are you guys doing in chat? How was your guys' holiday? Hope you guys had a good holiday. But what about you, bro? Yeah, man, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Um, yeah, holiday holiday was nice, man. Holiday was nice. Uh, I feel like I'm coming down with a uh, a cold, which uh, is incredibly fucking annoying uh, around this time of year for me. Um, but other than that, man, mm-hmm. other than that, I'm good. I'm good, man, and I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited, man. Just waiting on the uh, waiting on Wednesday for the year-end awards. I'm super excited for that. But yeah, man, Christmas was good, bro. Christmas was good. Um, yeah, it was real good, man. So, no complaints uh, from me whatsoever. And uh, yes, thank you, Bell, for the well wishes, and I hope you had a great holiday weekend as well. How was your holiday, and did you get any wrestling-related gifts, man? I know I did, man. This is one of them, actually. It's a Bray Wyatt hoodie, and then I got uh, the Chicago CM Punk shirt. Uh, What other wrestling gifts? I got the Revel in What You Are shirt that you got me. Um, So, yeah, man. Yeah. uh, I think that's all the wrestling-related gifts I got. I could be wrong, though. But did you get any wrestling-related gifts, man? I'd love to know. Uh, but yes, and as Durante always asks, man, I'm good. Family's good. And what about you, Durante? So, yeah, man, how the hell are you guys? Thank you guys for being here, as always. We got an interesting night of Unscripted, man. We really only have AEW Dynamite to talk about. What is going on, Logan? How are you, my brother? How was your holiday, man? How's your holiday? Yeah, man, <laughs> so we really only got AEW Dynamite to talk about, man, and then we got uh, probably that one Cody Rhodes sit-down, which we have some interesting news on Friday about him, so that should be interesting. Sweet, man. Which Edge shirt did you get? Is that is it the one, the, the SummerSlam one, where he came down with those fucking glasses? Oh, God. Please don't tell me you got that old kind of glass shirt. Please. So, yeah, man. Um... Yeah, we pretty much, pretty much only, um, pretty, pretty much only got that, um, that to talk about, man. And like I said, that one sit down for Monday Night Raw, but other than that, SmackDown is pretty useless as well, man. So nothing really to talk about there. Yeah. Oh damn, Bill, really? Is the shipping really that bad for going for like across the pond? Hmm, that sucks. Yeah, that sucks, man. That sucks. Yeah, cause shipping for us is like, what's the cheapest option? Like five bucks. 
think, yeah, like five, six bucks. I you know, that. I just go for cheap sandwich shit when it arrives. Pro Wrestling Tees is a motherfucker with shipping, bruh. How are they going to charge you $6 per they item? Are. Like, bruh. That shit ain't right. Somebody yeah, gotta stop that. Especially, them. we're fucked 45 minutes away. Yeah, so man. we pay the same amount as motherfuckers in L.A. do. Like, what? <laughs> that's something that irks me. Oh, well, okay. Oh, yeah, man. Send okay. us a picture for sure. Cool, cool. I'm curious. Yeah, that's foul as hell, man. I'm tired of pro wrestling tees. How the hell am I or how the hell am I put six fucking three shirts and a hoodie in my damn cart is twenty one dollars for shipping. What the hell? Twenty one dollars? Ain't that heavy. Come on now. I hate that shit, bro. What's wrong with these people? Anyway. <laughs> um T shirt. Seriously, man. Somebody gotta stop them. Regardless. Yes. We got AEW Dynamite, man, and then we got this, that Cody sit down, and there's, again, there's really nothing to even talk about there. It's just there, you know, uh, to talk no, about. It's just so, speculation. Yeah, yeah, but like I said, we got new, we got actual news on Cody for uh, Friday, um, but at least rumored news for Cody on Friday, right. man. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, man, and then after that, man, we're going to go into the, uh, as you can see on the bottom of the screen, man, the 2022 year-end award previews, man. So this episode of AEW Dynamite was, uh, when it was good, it was really good, and when it was bad, which we'll definitely get to that point in the show, it was really fucking bad. And, yes, Dominic Mysterio, bro. They got to do another one for mm-hmm. New Year's. That shit was so funny, bro. God. I was gonna say they gotta do it for New Year's, bro. Yes, they need to. Come on, mommy, bail me out. Talking about I'm not gonna make <laughs> it on, in jail, bro. <laughs> bruh. Dude, it, it it was too funny, bro. It was too funny. They gotta do one of Dominic <laughs> getting out of jail and Judgment Day going to Ray's house the next and one. beating his ass, bro. That ain't right. We got to, bro. We got to. That shit funny. Yeah, man. So, AEW Dynamite, man. We open the show with Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks opened the show. This is Holiday Bash Dynamite. It's crazy to think a year ago on this show, Kyle O'Reilly debuted in AEW. Crazy, man. Crazy. So. Damn. It's been a year. That's nuts. Yeah. Been a whole year, man. Been a whole year. Fuck. So, AEW Dynamite opens with Ricky Starks, man. He opens the show talking about... He opens the show talking about uh, MJF. He opens talking about how he lost to MJF, but at least he lost like a man as to where MJF won like a coward. He couldn't really talk too much about it before... None other than Chris Jericho comes out. Comes out in a long black trench coat, which looks pretty sick. And he comes out with Daniel Garcia oh, and yeah. Sammy Guevara. So, mm-hmm. Chris Jericho goes out there and he says, You know what, Ricky? You are a great young star. Some would even say he's a breakout star. Ricky Sarks. 
Ricky Star he says he, he says he likes Ricky Starks a lot and therefore he doesn't want to fight Ricky Starks. He wants to give Ricky Starks the invitation to join the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah, please no. The last thing we need is a fucking eighth member to the goddamn group because there's already yeah, I mean, well, I think, no, they think there is eight members now, if you count Jericho, so, yeah. Last thing we need is a ninth member to the JAS. Regardless. God. Yeah. Regardless. Good lord. Sammy. Is a fucking bullet club? Yeah, for real. So, it was funny in this segment, because Sammy Guevara just, they just... The fans just started chanting Sammy sucks for no reason. It was hilarious. He wasn't even doing anything. So that was that was some great uh, comic relief for this segment. Ricky Starks then starts uh, going off on Chris Jericho. Yeah, he, uh, he starts going off on Chris Jericho. He, he's he told him, you know, you want me to join the Jericho Appreciation Society? Hell no. And he starts going off on Chris Jericho, man. He told him uh, he used to be built like an air fryer. And he starts absolutely just giving it to Chris Jericho on the mic. He brought up Action Andretti. And, yeah, man. So Jericho grabs the mic yeah. and uh, Jake Hager is behind him, is behind Ricky Starks at this point. Uh you know, in the ring while the other guys are standing on the stage. And Chris Jericho says, that was the worst mistake you just ever made. And um, that was the worst mistake you'd ever made. And then Jake Hager jumps him from behind. And they jump Ricky Starks until Action Andretti comes out. And he kicks Chris Jericho in the head, and they run off the rest of the JAS. He does his little springboard disaster kick thing, um, and, uh, and, yeah, man, and then he hits his, uh, his, like, springboard moonsault thing from the corner, and the JAS runs away, man. So this was the opening segment to Dynamite, and I am very pumped if we are about to get a Chris Jericho Versus Ricky Starks feud, man, because it is going to be heat. I can assure you. Definitely, man. I'm so happy they're they're getting this. They're getting Ricky Starks in a feud with someone that's actually relevant still, and they didn't fucking pull a, a Tony Khan and just he gets hot, and then just get to put the random feud against some nobody. So I like the path they're going, with Ricky Starks, and I hope they keep it up, man. I really hope they do. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. So the next match was match five. Match five to the Elite versus the Death Triangle. This one was their no disqualification match, mm -hmm. and this match was very, very good, man. This was very, this was very good. It was a nice offset from what we're used to with these uh, well, well, what we've been used to for the past four matches with these teams. And it was a nice offset to um, switch things up a little bit, man. Uh, it was nice to switch it up. Um, Definitely. We had, uh, we had some cool table spots in here, man. We had some spots 
some Christmas tree spots. So it was all, it was all good and dandy. Um, and yeah, I mean, we got another, another good match with these two men. But man, by the time this is done, I don't think anybody's going to ever want to see the Elite versus Death Triangle again. However, I think after this, exactly. it would be a good point to have the Death Triangle break up, please. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anybody Please. that I don't know anybody I don't that any people in the tag division. Uh huh. Oh, I I was just gonna say I think it's the I think it's the perfect time to 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 break this up, man. I think it's the perfect time to break this up. Um, definitely, hundred percent. Definitely, man. You gotta have pocket singles. Any people in my tag division at this point, especially if certain people are dipping, fucking FTR, you gotta get some people in that division. And those two are perfect, man. Definitely, man. There was a point in this match where there was a point in this match where I thought Kenny Omega might legitimately tap out. That was when Pac had the brutalizer in. With uh, barbed wire wrapped around his head. Well, it was like garland barbed wire. And then Nick went to save it. He got put back in the knee bar. And Matt Jackson was the one to mm-hmm. um, break off their offense and help his boys out, man. So, yeah, this was th- this was this was a really good match, man. This was a really good match. The Elite won. The Elite ended up winning this match by, I believe it was a... Uh, yes, that's what it was. It was a, it was a, um, a melter driver from the corner on a steel chair. Matt Jackson was able to get the pin as Kenny Omega was mm-hmm. holding Pac from getting inside of the ring. So that was, yeah. that was match number five. And yeah, I believe we got one more match. Uh, that is a regular match before we move on to this ladder match. That um before we move on to this ladder match, that is uh should be Definitely. that should I'm be excited. a good one. Definitely. Definitely, man. Should be really good, man. Look forward to this. Hundred percent series went better than I thought it would. All right. Yeah, man. So this one, this one was a good one. This one was a good <laughs> one, man. Uh, what can I say? Good way to switch it up, bro. It was a good way to switch it up as always. And uh, yeah, so that was, at least you stop your fucking laughing. All right, man. So next we got, <laughs> next we got uh, audio with me and Sir K. So give me one second.
All right, all right. I think we're finally good because there was a awful, awful sound delay with me and Sir K. Yes, it was technical difficulties. Thank you to our number one brother, Thank you. Logan, the mod father. Thank you, the mod father. Thank all right, you. man. So, where were we? Where were we? AEW Dynamite, man. Um, okay, so, yes, the Elite versus Death Triangle. Uh, it was good. It was good, man. It was a nice offset on what has been going on. Now you just look so much more clear. It looks so much better. Okay, you don't look like fucking uh, iRobot no. anymore. Um, no. Oh, snap. <laughs> JT85, he says, hey, y'all, I'm making a cameo appearance tonight. I'm at work. That's what's up, dude. That's what's up. Good luck, man. Dude, good Thank good you. luck, bro. Good luck. If you work, you know, you know, if, if ooh, I, God bless, bro. God bless. Yeah, man. Yes. Well, good luck at work, my man. And thank you always for, uh, for stopping in, man. Very much appreciated. Thank you, man. Hell yeah. So, yeah, man. Merry Christmas to you, bro. Um, all right. So, yes, the Elite versus Dust Triangle match Merry five. It was, it was a good, it was a good offset on, on the norm, um, which we all expected, man. So, yeah. Definitely, man. Definitely. I, li- I like the match a lot, man. It was really good. Surprising. Even. There are five of these things. I'm not tired of them yet. But after match seven, don't get this fucking match again. <laughs> Swear to God. Yeah, please no. For the love of God. Okay, so next we have a backstage interview with the Action Andretti. He's in the back. He's talking to Tony Schiavone, man. And all of a sudden, 2.0 come up. And he's getting ready to fight him. And they're telling him to calm down. And they tell him, dude, you are on a hot streak, man. You are on a hot streak. Some would even say you are on fire. He turns around and he gets a fireball thrown in his face. It looks like the wizard has made his return out with the Ocho and in with the wizard. I think the wizard is back, man. What do you think? I think so, man. I think so. I think that was a clever way to do all that with the fireball. Maybe it was just one one appearance from the wizard or maybe the the wizard. The wizard. The wizard? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the wizard. Is back. I don't know, man. We'll have to see, but um, let's just see how it plays out. God damn it. Fuck <laughs> 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 Chris Jericho. God damn it. All right, man. So, next up, we have Brian Danielson and Renee Paquette. I always love seeing this pairing back on television. She was interviewing Brian about what had happened with MJF. He went in to cut a really good promo on what happened with him and uh, Mr. Regal, man. 
and he began to, you know, give praise to William Regal, saying that, you know, a lot of people have helped him along the way, but there's really no bigger person that has been an influence to him in his career than Mr. William Regal. So, yeah, man, uh, while Brian was cutting this promo, Ethan Page came out and set up a match for what I believe to be New Year's Smash. New Year's Smash, man. Uh, yeah. Ethan Page versus Brian Danielson. Um, yeah, man. So that was that was that. That was that, man. Uh, and yeah, that was uh, that was about it. That was about it. It was a really good segment. Brian cut a really good promo, man. And uh, yeah, that was it. Was great. It really was. Definitely, man. Definitely. It's gonna be a fun little match, man. Good way to keep Brian busy till I could do the um. The match at Revolution, man. So I'm intrigued to see how it goes, man. Definitely, man. And then after this, we got a promo segment in the back with John Moxley, where he was talking about how stupid Hangman's reasoning for being mad at him was, uh, because John Moxley, uh, that is his job to go in there and, and and try to knock somebody out, and you know. And then he mentioned, uh, he mentioned, you know, what if he does it again uh, to one of these guys in the three hundred thousand dollar King of the Christmas Battle Royal or whatever the hell it was? By the way, bro, whatever the fuck it was. did you see some of those fucking trios in there? I I actually didn't even like think about it. No, one of the trios Can't and the. Lie. The first one that comes to mind, one of the trios that I seen on their little promotional image was Kip Sabian, The Butcher, and The Blade. Why? There was a bunch of, there was a bunch of weird ones too, bro. There was a bunch of, I was looking at that and I was like, oh man, I've, I feel fucking bad. I feel fucking bad for whoever had to be in this match, whoever to watch that garbage. So it was uh Trent saying? Seven. Trent no, was it? It was. No, I thought it was someone we liked and we didn't want him with Kip. Huh. Yeah, Trent Seven. Oh, Trent Seven, okay. I, I confused the Trents. Never mind, I confused the Trents. Never mind, I get what you mean. God damn. Confused them. I was like, Trent. But then I realized you said seven. Oh yeah, yep. Trent Seven, man. He was he was the one, his one time appearance alongside Kip fucking Sabian. So really good uh, promo from John Moxley. Really good promo from John Moxley. We got another backstage video package with Samoa Joe, where he was talking about Wardlow, and he was talking about being the king of television. I like that. It's real cool, being that he technically does have both TV cool, titles. Man. And yeah, man, so Samoa Joe, Hell yeah, bro. yeah, Samoa Joe could a real good promo here on Wardlow. Um, then we move into Hook versus some jobber. Uh, I, oh, man, I get it. Endonis Prime, I think his name was or something like that. Yeah, Ed- so fucking weird. Yeah. Like a fucking Transformer. Yeah. Yeah, Exodus Prime. That's what his name was. Exodus Prime. God damn, they had some random fucking loser to face somebody. It was really good seeing Hook on, on the damn show again. This is the shit I want to see. 
maybe not that jobber, but look. Definitely. Definitely. Um Oh yeah, JT. That was, that was, that's what made it so funny. Oh bro, those Dominic segments are always so fucking he is always so cringe, but he's so fucking good. Oh, he's so bad. I love it. Uh he he really is one of those. Yeah. He's he's so he's so fucking bad he's good, bro. That's Dominic Mysterio for you. Yeah, so with that, uh, Hook wins his match against Exodus Prime. And then it cuts to the back. It cuts to Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. They're beating up Jungle Boy and they choke slam him in a dumpster. And that was that. <sighs> Good lord. Big fucking Bill. Big Bill. God, I don't like the firm. Oh, I know. Tell me about it. Next, man, we have... Next, we have uh, John Moxley. We have John Moxley in a match against Dante Martin from Top Flight. He came through the cloud, uh, crowd with Claudio. And, um, yeah, man. He put on a pretty good match with Dante Martin. Can't really complain. It was, it, I mean, it was a, it was a solid dynamite match for John Moxley, and mm, not really too much to say, man. Other, no complaints for me. No complaints for me. It was, it was a good match. It was a good match, man. And John Moxley, I believe, ended up beating him with the bulldog choke. So that was that, man. And it was, uh, it was, it was real good, man. It was real good. Exactly, bro. Exactly. I like it a lot. I like what uh, Mox was saying before the match, talking about how injury prone he was. And I really like what Mox has been doing, man. Definitely. Definitely, bro. We got a backstage. We got a backstage segment from Jamie Hayter talking about her match with Hikaru Shida, um, which was to come later in the night. And. Yeah, seriously. Vince backstage changing AEW names now. Big Bill. That's the most Vince thing ever. The fuck did they name that fucking tag team to backstage? Or not backstage, but like the tag team that's always on dark. The Trustbusters. No, they were like an indie team. They were showing up and they changed their name. Oh, you're talking about Bear Country? The Iron Savages? What's their Come about the Iron Savages, bro. What? Hell no. Big yeah. deal, the Iron Savages. Yeah, that is. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Some of those Big name deal. changes are just so out of whack. Um. God, next. Changes. Fucking worst. They really are, bro. They really are. Next, man, we have. FTR versus the Guns, and this match wasn't really, wasn't really it for me. The Gun Club's just not it whatsoever, and they ended up beating FTR via roll up. So yeah, that was uh, that was that. Definitely, man. 
the guns, they just they just don't got it, bro. They just don't. They're not no. like atrocious, but they're so just so bland. It's like no point in watching them. Yeah, and they're their heel antics it, it, it's like a little too childish i think it is they act like they're fucking middle schoolers it's like fucking grow up you're two adults yeah they act like fucking adults definitely definitely man so yeah that's uh that's that was that they beat ftr as FTR, according to AEW commentary, is in a slump. So I guess this is a, this is the story we're going with. God damn. Let's see how it plays out. Definitely, man. So after this, we got a We got bro we got a fucking rap video. From Sanjay Dutt with Satnam Singh, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett, and of course him. Bro. Get this shit off TV, bro. Get this shit the fuck Please. off television, dude. Pl- for the love of God, what was this? How did that get cleared for television? Bro. I hate it. Absolutely awful. Absolutely awful, man. It even bro, even when they cut back to the commentary team, it was literally just Taz sitting at the table and he was he literally the first words out of his mouth were, What the hell was that? That's the same fucking thing I said. Yeah. What the fuck was that? That's a good fucking question there. That shit man, bro, get that ROH garbage off my TV, bro. Please. Seriously, off of the TV. Seriously, bro. And next we got the biggest boss, Rick Ross, <laughs> on Dynamite again. <sighs> <sighs> this, <clears throat> you know what? If we had. A category for the worst segment of the year. This would definitely be a nominee. Oh, easily. Easily. And could probably win the whole damn thing. It probably could. (laughs) Well, could. It's pretty bad. This segment was so fucking bad... I can't even descri- I can't even begin to describe to you guys how mad this segment made me, bro. So we we start this off with Keith Lee and he's standing in the ring and Rick Ross Rick Ross, Tony Schiavone and Keith Lee are just walking around the ring just talking like they're at the fucking family cookout and they're just walking around just just fucking pacing around the ring waiting for who Rick Ross is referring to as the young legend, Swerve. And he says to Keith Lee, this is probably the bet, the funniest part of the fucking segment, out of the out of the blue, he just says he just looks at Keith Lee and he just points at him, he says, You a big motherfucker. That is what he tells Keith Lee for no reason. You a well, big motherfucker. 
on television, live on television, bro. And Keith Lee just puts his hands up and he's looking at the camera doing this. And and it, it was that was probably about the best part of the segment. And then from this point on, it was just done. It was donezo for this fucking segment because mm-hmm. Swerve ends up coming out and he's standing there and Keith Lee. He's talking to Keith Lee and Rick Ross is just cutting him off in the middle of his promo. He's just, you better watch your bag. He's just ad-libbing the segment. And Swerve's trying to cut his promo and Rick Ross is just simultaneously, just periodically just putting the mic up to his hands and just saying shit. And, you know, he's pointing at the back of Keith Lee's head that you better keep eyes on the back of your head or something like that. Keith Lee just looked like the biggest fucking idiot in this segment to mm-hmm. me. And this th- this segment was atrocious. This segment was really fucking atrocious. And Keith is standing in the ring and Swerve is standing there. And all of a sudden from behind, Parker Boudreaux. Is standing behind Keith Lee and he's, you know, he's hitting him. None of it's really taking Keith Lee down, but he's hitting him. Keith Lee starts getting his offense back before who we know as Graydon Gwartz, I think his name is. Bro, another segment. Someone said, okay. I was going to say another segment on AEW Dynamite where we have no fucking idea who who the guy is. Who is this? Yeah. Who the fuck is Someone saw, I, I saw a tweet. Someone called his ass Crip Bray Wyatt. I was fucking laughing my ass off. Like, who the fuck is that, bro? Just some random dude pops up. Like, why? Why this guy? Bro, here we go with another one of these big guys that we have on the roster, and he offers no value whatsoever. He's going to offer no value to this company. Apparently, he's new to wrestling, and he's already on television. We're going to have ourselves another Satnam Singh. This is who this is, another one of these big guys. Another one of these big guys who comes into AEW and they're just put there because they're big and aesthetically they look good to the group because it's Swerve with two big dudes to back them up. And that's all this is going to be. And then they do this cinder block spot where they hold Keith Lee. I mean, how how overly to me, that was just a little much like a cinder block. Okay. So well, Swerve, like they're fucking tossing around like it's fucking styrofoam. Oh, I know. 100%. 100%. So they're beating up Keith Lee. Swerve gives him the double stomp with the cinder block as Rick Ross, the biggest boss, Rick Ross, starts holding up Swerve's hoodie. The uh, Mogul Affiliates is the name of this group. And it is Swerve with Parker Bordeaux and some nobody. 
What happened to the AEW big man? I mean, dude, a couple years ago, they had some of the most intriguing and different and a variety of big men. And now it seems like all the big men that they're introducing to us, the newer big men, are just a fucking band of nobodies. Band of fucking just generic big guys. All big, uh, tall person sitting in sync. Oh, fucking just big guy and, and, and this fucking guy. Like, dude, who are these people? Give us some cool people. Like, bro, Will Hobbs would be perfect in this little group for them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Why, why you get this random fucking dude? I don't get it, bro. I, they have the roster. And Tony Khan still is just looking at random other people. Like, bro, use your fucking roster. What are we doing here, bro? Will Hobbs would be perfect. You could even think about a guy like Brian Cage, who's doing absolutely nothing. He's in a shit group. Lance Archer, I mean, bro. I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know what this is. And this is another shit signing. And, bro, what a awfully awkward segment with these two when a we always criticize aew for never doing a proper professional wrestling turn and when they do it we get shit like this i mean what was this bro what the hell was this man monstrosity of the segment rick ross just ad limited over the fucking commentators every two seconds random nobody showing up Fucking local affiliates. Like, what? What the hell is going on here? No. That ain't it, man. I'm not rocking with it. I mean, it... I I don't like this at all. This is just going to be Swerve getting a group because they have nothing else for him. So we'll put him with a group. And the two guys that he's in a group with can't fucking wrestle either. So it is what it is. I mean, Parker Parker needs to be sent to the Nightmare Factory or wherever AEW does training out of and wherever they're, you know, training these people out of because I don't know where exactly it is. I don't know if it's still the Nightmare Factory because I'm sure QT still works there or whatever. I don't know where they're getting these people from, but Parker needs to be sent there and I think yeah. he, and I and I think he's got a lot of potential. But this other guy, man, I, think he does. I don't know, he man. Looks bad. I can't lie. He looks, he looks like he's going to suck. <clears throat> yeah, and it's just going to be another meaningless group for all elite wrestling, and that's what it is. Exactly. Literally hit road 2.0. <clears throat> oh, exactly. Literally, bro. What an awfully awkward segment, bro. And Jesus, we asked them we asked them to do a proper turn segment, and when they do, this is the shit we get. Lord. Unbelievable. Good fucking God. So the Three Kings Christmas Casino Trios Royale. Try saying Good that God. five times fast. These are these teams I'm talking about, bro. So we have Kip Sabian with the Butcher and the Blade. 
you know, and then we got your regular ones. You got Dark Order, you got BCC, you got Best Friends, you know, you got your actual trios, right? And then you have some luchador with Roosh and Preston Vance. You have uh, AR Fox with Top Flight, who is, I guess, kind of a new, newer That's trio. Cool, cool oh, right? God. You're going to love these ones. All right, so we got okay. Kip Sabian with the Butcher and the Blade. We have Serpentico, Luther, and Angelico. <laughs> what? Fucking Kluger. Yeah, fucking Dude, Luger, man. I have no he idea. fired his fucking part like a year ago. I have no fucking idea. All right, you're really going to like the last one. Some of your favorites in AEW here. You have Tony Nice, Josh Woods. <laughs> Three worst people in fucking company together in this fucking shit history. Dude, <sighs> All three of them, bro. I swear to God. Those three fucking bloated fucking Tony Nice garbage ass. Tony dude. Fucking Nice, dude. I, I don't know why. I didn't even pay attention. I didn't even notice his ass in that match. I had like oh, a mental blockage of his ass. That's funny as hell. I have a filter in my head that filters his ass out at this point. Tony fucking yeah man what a what a what a trio man what a couple trios tony khan uh thought of at the last second oh man let's go ahead and put aria davari with the varsity athletes we'll go ahead and put angelico with chaos project man fucking Fire all, fire all six of these motherfuckers. <laughs> That's sort of god. Yeah, man. And in the main event, in the main event, man, the Pog champion Jamie Hader defends Go. not that title, but the AEW Women's title up against Hikaru Shida. And this was this was actually another really good match from Jamie Hader. Another very yeah, solid man. match. From Jamie Hader, man. I have no complaints whatsoever, man. Um, no complaints whatsoever on her match quality so far as champ. And um, we're getting really, we're getting closer, man, to that date, January 11th, with Soraya and uh, yeah. uh, Soraya and a mystery partner against Britt and uh, Jamie Hader, man. So it's going to be really good. Soraya actually came out at the end of this show. They tried doing a beat down on Hikaroshida. Um that didn't work. Tony Storm came out and right as they were about to hit Tony Storm uh with the championship, Soraya came out and cleared the ring and that was the end of Dynamite Man and it was a um it was it was it was a really it was a really it was a really solid show other than that Keith Lee segment man. It really was. Definitely man, definitely. It was really good. That one segment blue dick, but the rest of the oh. fucking show was really good, man. And oh. one thing I'd say about that Soraya stuff, if it's not Sasha and it is Tony Storm, you have to announce that shit like yesterday or else you are good. Whoever walks out of that stage is getting their like food. So, if because it, it kind of felt that way to me watching that end of the show. So, if it is her, just say it. Don't fucking make that shit a surprise and it's Tony Storm 
You are going to get her ass booed out of that building. Oh, no doubt about it. No question. Yeah, there, there is absolutely no way they can walk into Los Angeles and, and think that whoever is walking through that curtain not named Sasha Banks is going to get something of a pop because they will not. Exactly. They will get Rey Mysterioed no. in 2014. That is what they will get. <laughs> All right, man. And then the only thing on Friday Night SmackDown was Bray Wyatt snapped uh, and beat up a cameraman. Um, so that was cool. Uh, that was cool. That was and then on Monday Night Raw, Cody Rhodes came back, and this has given me a little bit of hope. Cody Rhodes came back. He was on, well, he didn't come back, but he was on video. He was on video just like some of the other talents. And he said that when he comes back, he kind of brushed, he brought up Seth Rollins and he said, I think Seth wants a fourth match, but that's not really on my radar right now. He said, I know I've been gone, but I'm coming back for one thing. And I don't have to say what it is because everybody else, everybody knows but this is the year, and I really want it to happen, and I'm really hoping it's going to happen. And we all, and he. Thank you for this title. Uh, bro. <laughs> That'll be the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bell says WWE had to announce Becky Lynch of all people was the last entered in war games. If they had to do that, a if, if they had to do that, AEW has to announce the tag partner. If it isn't Sasha, uh, isn't That's Sasha, right, if it's not her. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. If you go into there unannounced and you bring out anybody other than Sasha Banks are getting booed. That's just what it is. Oh, man. Yeah. So, Cody Rhodes, man, he he's talking about it, and Corey Graves told him, you know, he hopes it happens, and they're talking about it, bro. So let's let's go ahead, let's go ahead and do this. Let's do it. Cap that shit off in the Royal Rumble, man. <laughs> Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins finish the feud there, and that'll be it, let's man. See exactly, let Cody go to the big leagues, bro. He went here for a reason, apparently. Let's fucking get it done. All right, man. So with that, with that, man, let's talk some year-end awards, man. So the reason we're doing this is because last year, everybody knows, we had a three-hour show. And to prevent that from happening, and this could possibly be a yearly thing, uh, we're mm -hmm. just going to come on here and preview it to you guys. We're going to talk about each nominee and talk about why we think that they are deserving of a spot on this list, man. I know I know we ran into a controversial one, um, and I knew I, I knew a lot of people would, would see a lot of things missing from that list, that being match of the year, but we will definitely talk about that. Um, but, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's going to be good, bro. It's going to be good. And, yeah, we came up with a lot of good nominees and a lot of interesting categories, man. Nobody is doing an award show like us, man. Real categories, real things that actually exist, like a worst booking decision, like a failed run. Man, Yeah. we give out the awards to recap the whole year, man. So, and the negative ones, hey, sometimes you don't like to get them, sometimes you got to get them. 
You got to be recognized for your legendarily bad work. So, yeah, man. Bell says, I don't know how they could continue that if Seth is babyface. That's my thing. It's like, dude, stop. Stop trying Mm -hmm. to tell us that Seth Rollins is a heel, bro. Like, everybody loves the guy. Everybody loves the guy. Like, just just go with it, dude. That's why I've been saying for a really long time, man. Cody on one night, Seth on the other, because Seth is babyface, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, stop trying to shove it in my face that Seth is a heel. Just stop. Exactly. Exactly. So, let's search you guys off. I posted all these on social media, so I know a majority of you guys have already seen them. And, hey, if you see something that's missing or if you need to ask us a question about any one of these categories, feel free, man. Feel free. So, Let's start you guys off with the first one, man. Shocking controversy of the year. Shocking controversy of the year, man. We have Tony Khan buys Ring of Honor. This was obviously just a shocking moment in general. Not all these are bad, by the way. So it's not just, you know, this, this, this was a good one, actually. At the time, I remember a lot of people were excited, man. But, yeah, man, how'd you feel about this, man? How'd you feel when this happened? I was shocked. I was relieved that WWE didn't buy them because even with what TK's doing with their ass right now, it's still better than just being a fucking uh, little tab on Peacock under what they would be under WWE. So I I think it's going to work out overall. No question about that one, man. Next, we have the all out media scrum, dude. Do I even have to say anything? I mean, just look at the image. Look at Tony Khan's fucking face, man. This fucking out news. I don't fucking focus the whole pay-per-view that happened before. Yes. And this absolutely sent our news schedule into a fucking whirlwind. And not just us, everybody. Every every content creator was feeling it, man. Um been talking about the motherfucker since. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. For this instance. Um, mm-hmm. So this was the, this. Let, let's just be honest, man. This was fucking awesome. This all out media scrum oh, was, uh, dude, this motherfucker, dude, man, what, what can I there? Dude, punks eating a fucking muffin the whole time, shitting on everybody. <clears throat> I mean, it was horrible, but I mean, in, ter- in terms of entertainment. Oh, my Lord. This gave us literally content till probably the end of the year and probably going into next year, man. So next we have Vince McMahon's retirement. This was a huge one, man. I remember, I remember the day this happened. I was driving home from vacation and you know, who else is texting me? Uh, then Sir Kay. And he says, Hey man, did you hear the news about Vince? And I said, what news? Or I, I think I said something like, oh, yeah, the allegations. And you were like, no, he retired. And I remember, I do not promote this under any circumstances, but I was texting my ass off while I was driving. And I was just remember being floored. And then I had to come home and remake the thumbnail. And we had to go on an hour late, man. So it was a fucking mess. But boy, was this shocking. Fucking nuts. 100%. 100%, oh, man. What about you, man? Walk us through that. Damn. Walk us through that. <clears throat> this, this shit was nuts. No question, man. We're... I don't know what the fuck I was doing. I think I was just chilling here. Just sitting in my room. Just... Oh, no, you're good. 
No, you're good. Oh, I think we were experiencing a uh, okay, okay. little buffer. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, I, was just sitting... I think we were. I was sitting in my room preparing to do the show. You know, she's doing my thing. And I, and I was chilling on Twitter. <clears throat> and what do I see, bro? Vince McMahon announces retirement. I click that damn notification so fucking fast. I look. Bro announces retirement. And I start seeing tweets from wrestlers and news places and shit. And I just, I just couldn't believe it, bro. He still ain't hit to this day, bro. It might not hit. It might be reversed. But we'll yeah. see how it goes, man. But shit's crazy. Yeah, man. Next one is Cody Rhodes leaves AEW, man. I remember the day this happened, being very saddened by this news. Um, There's still aspects about it that are sad, but, you know, Cody, you know, just like his theme song says, man, we'll follow him until the end. So we didn't really get a loss of Cody Rhodes. It was more of just Cody Rhodes moving on, which was incredibly shocking. And Weird. something that everybody thought was a work, man. So yeah, all right. This this I this it was for a while. No question. No question. Um, no question about that one, man. Um, next, Triple H gets head of creative. This was uh this was this was a cool one, man. This was a cool one. I remember this first night when he posted <clears> this <throat> picture, and. So shocking, man. I never thought Triple H would ever get any type of control on the main roster, and the day it actually happened was a very good day. And, you know, not everything's been perfect since then, but it's been on an upward trend, undoubtedly. Yeah, exactly. There's hope in it. There's not a pointless view of watching it anymore, which which is nice to see, man. This was great news, and I think of sigh of relief from everybody, all the fucking fans that, that... other people didn't get that spot. Absolutely. Next, Andrade trying to get himself fired. His man. Obviously, we all know the three-year dynamite anniversary back in, I believe, early October. Andrade was, uh, you know, he was told by AEW management, no fighting with Sammy Guevara after their Twitter beef. And what did he do? He showed up to work. To fight Sammy Guevara, trying to get himself fired so he could go right back to the man we just talked about, Triple H, man. So this was definitely a shocking one, more upsetting. This one's a different. This one's weird though, because I understand his frustration, but there's better ways to go about it. A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly, bro. Exactly. Like, could you just ask. Could have went public about it. A lot of fans would probably go to his side if he went public about it. <clears throat> but bro, just hurt. Or just decide, you know what? I'm gonna just go toss some hands, bro. I'm gonna get myself fired. More funny than bad. Well, it was bad, but it was also pretty funny. But just fucked in all types of ways. The next one, man, is the Sasha and Naomi walkout. This one was very interesting, considering the fact <clears throat> that Sasha Banks and Naomi <clears throat> were literally blasted live on WWE television over walking out. Poor Michael Cole had to fucking sit up there and be fed these lines that they let us all down as typical WWE trying to control the narrative uh, as they uh, can sometimes do best. This one was definitely a shocking one, man, and we are still awaiting the return of both of these women. So definitely shocking nonetheless. Uh, But yeah, man, wish them the best as, uh, as always, man. 
truly man it was crazy in the moment still crazy now they haven't they haven't seen a peep of these two since so curious to see how it goes man but shit was nuts man when they said that shit I, when they made michael cole say that shit that was the nail of coffin but that shit was just foul no question about it man and next um and next uh vince mcmahon <laughs> this one's more recent Vince McMahon attempting <laughs> to come back to AE, uh, to AE, what the fuck, man? And Vince McMahon attempting no. to come back no. to the WWE, rather. God. Man, this, this, this one, again, is, is fairly new, and my God, is this a, this one, this one is heartbreaking. Heart, I remember when, when I, when this news popped up, I sent... I, I sent um I sent you a text and it just said what the fuck and you already knew what I was talking about. This was heartbreaking across the wrestling world, man. It really was. Um and yeah, man, Vince McMahon it, it seems like it seems like it's died down a little bit and I hope it doesn't happen. Um but we'll see where it goes, man. We'll see where it goes. But Vince attempting to come back is definitely, definitely shocking. Considering this is the same year he retired. Good lord, he, he made it. He made it twice, bro. So good lord, man. But um, man, that shit would've been fucked, bro. If he does, then you, know, you already know what's happening with me, bro. Fuck that shit. But shit was crazy, man. God, I hope not. Absolutely, man. And then we have WWE controversially firing Mandy Rose over some premium content that she had been posting onto her premium content accounts. Um, and yeah, man, this one, this one was shocking. This one was so shocking, man. I never would have guessed being the run that she's been on and being all the work she's put into revamping her character she would just get fired at the snap of a finger, man. Um, and it is it is incredibly shocking, man. It is incredibly shocking. But I remember my jaw just dropping when I heard this news, man. I would have never thought in a million Swear. years. No, man. I wasn't even thrown off by her losing the title. I was like, oh, well, I guess they just were ready. Nope. They just want her out. Uh, that's fucked, man. But good for her that she's making fucking boatloads of money. She's making what, like... I think she, I think it was what, 500k just this month? Yeah. Or like the month of November? Bruh, god damn. Hey, bruh, if I was her, I, I'd have got fired too. 500k a month, get the hell out of here. 500k a month for being NXT 2.0, bruh. She made the right damn choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And then the last and Final nominee for shocking controversy of the year is MJF versus AEW. Everybody remembers how real this felt. Whether it was a work or not, MJF no showing double or nothing meet and greets. Him pretty much taking all the spotlight away from Wardlow. And then what led to that promo, which uh, you'll see that again uh, during these nominees, was just insane it was absolutely insane man it really was um and yeah man these are all 10 of your nominees for the shocking controversy of the year 
And I see your comment, Bell. You get rant of the year, by the way, from that episode a couple weeks ago. Hey. I appreciate that, man. I, I'm, I'm happy you guys were as happy with that rant as I was. Um, That's so, good. so thank you. Very sitting much. here chilling. So with that, yes, I, I, that is very much appreciated, man. That is that is nice to hear. So next up, man, we have the nominees for failed run of the year. Man, uh, man. Was, was this a year for some interesting failed runs? Bianca Belair, I know what you're thinking. How is Bianca Belair on your failed run, but she's also on your woman of the year? Bianca Belair had a good year in terms of match quality. I think she oh, had yeah. some of the best matches she's ever had, but as far as her character work, can you get man. any more stale than Bianca Belair? So that is why she lands herself as a nominee for this category. The next nominee, speaking of Bianca Belair, is Damage Control, who were buried not too long after their debut by Bianca Belair. So yeah, man, this group absolutely just fell flat. Absolutely. Oh, just God. flat on their face. It was so cool seeing them at the start, and they did, all they did was lose. Dude, they're tag team champions. And I have no clue that they're women's tag team yeah, champions. Wow, look at exactly. that. Exactly. Fucking losers, bruh. They're, they're called Jabra Control. They're called Loser Control. Damage they're called goods. all the fucking damage goods. They, they have those fucking names for a reason, man. Which sucks because those three are fucking amazing. 100% man 100% and next we have Edge's Judgment Day I was so excited for oh Edge God. to be uh, with Damian Priest and to form a group and I thought it was going to be so cool Edge coming out to the other side is such a fucking visual it is a visual like no perfect. other it is a visual I like, like no other I really do, to be 100% honest, man. But Edge finally getting this group. He got Damian Priest. He got Rhea Ripley. And it just fell fucking flat. Horrible. Absolutely so horrible. Bad. Just fucking just a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> yes. Like, that, that is essentially God. what it was, man. Ugh. Next, we have La Faction and Gobernables. When Roosh came to AEW, I thought things were finally going to pick up for Andrade and Roosh. And they did everything but that. They proceeded to uh, just be off television for the whole entire year, man. And that was it. That was literally it, man. And it was... Just oh, now they got fucking Preston Vance in the goddamn group. Yeah. Good God. <laughs> Next up, man, we have Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara, I know most of you won't remember this, but in the beginning of the year, everybody expected such big things for Sammy Guevara, and then he got into that feud with Scorpio Sky. They had Paige Van Zant, so Sammy Guevara needed some backup too. And who better? Then his real-life girlfriend, Ty Conti, and from there, it just went down. It just went down, man. Ty Conti was put with Sammy Guevara, and down it went for this man's career, and he hasn't been the same since. So that lands Sammy Guevara a nominee in 
the failed run of the year. Exactly. God. Next, we have Alexa Piss. Um, we're talking about Bianca Belair being stale. I don't think you can possibly... I don't think it is humanly possible to be more stale than Alexa Bliss. Uh, I well, mean... She's just... Been the same character. And if you if you don't include the Wyatt stuff that she's been in and out of, dude, it's the same character since she debuted. I swear to God, it's, it's, it's like Bianca. Same character the whole time. For Bianca, it was basically just the main roster, which is very stale. But for Bliss, it's been, what, like six years of the same character with, like, one year in total time of the of the Wyatt character. And half of that sucked. The first half was fucking amazing. Then it just fucking blew. And now she's just basic again. Can't get your fucking break with this fucking, with this lady. No question about it. No question about it, man. Next was none other than Johnny Wrestling. I never in a million years thought I would see Johnny Gargano on a failed run list. But, bro, talk about mishandling somebody. Johnny Gargano's name better be the first name, one of the first names. The guy next gives him a run for his money. But Johnny Gargano... Is, is one of the first names you better mention if you're talking about people who have been mishandled in 2022, man. Oh, yeah. What a mess this Gargano return has been. Rosie Goldman joke, bro. God damn. And next, next, somebody who has uh, absolutely shattered my heart into a million pieces after this year, Wardlow. Bro. Damn. If this wasn't supposed to be the year of Wardlow, I don't fucking know what was. I mean, oh my lord, was this run failed. And he had damn near a whole entire year to do it. And he couldn't manage to make himself... He couldn't manage to make himself interesting or have an interest... This guy was christened the savior of the TNT title, and he was everything but that. He just Horrible. Was, Broke my heart. I swear, man. He was supposed to be the fucking savior of that thing. It was the exact same the whole time. And, good lord, it still hasn't been fucking redeemed. So, Ugh. we'll see how that fucking goes, man. But, <sighs> Wardlow, Wardlow. Like you said, it was supposed to be easier, man. And it was like his first like month and a half, and then it just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Next, we have Jade Cargill. This was supposed to be a decent year for Jade Cargill. Um, she got the TBS title on January 5th. And up until this point, every time we would see Jade wrestle, she would significantly improve. And Revolution was her peak. She had a decent match. That was probably the only decent match I've seen from Jade up until this point against Ty Conti at Revolution. And that was her peak. She has not gotten any better since then, in my honest opinion. Um, 
and and what a waste of a year for Jade Cargill. But more importantly, what a waste of the year for the T uh, for the TBS title. What a waste on spending money to make that championship, bro. What is that? Literally, bro. Just a title for one person to hold, bro. It blows. There's no point in the title. She has not been good this year, bro. She has a good look, but that that's all she has. She sucks in the ring. She's fucking the same on the mic all year. She says the same fucking thing every time she's on the mic. And she it's just fucking boring. So she she sucks, bro. This shit was a failure. No doubt about it. No doubt about it, man. And the last one. Drowsy Rhonda Rousey. Man. She came back in January and I do not have one good memory of her the whole entire year. Not one. Dude, it is garbage, bro. She has to be one of the worst things I've ever seen, ever. She Horrendous. She just sucks in every aspect. She looks weird every time. She can't fucking wrestle. She talks like a fucking weirdo. Like a... Like, like bro, they ought to put her in the judgment day with how weird she talks, bro. She's just a weirdo. She just blows. How, how do you go from all right when you debuted to fucking, like Logan said, unfucking bearable? Unbearable. Yeah, he said that about Jay, but you apply that to Ronda Rousey, too. <laughs> no question. No question about it, man. <laughs> so, those are your nominees for failed run of the year. Now, let's go into one of our topics that has honorable mentions to it. So. The worst booking of the worst booking decision of the year. These are your honorable mentions. These were ones that made it just outside the list, but didn't quite make it in, man. One, we have JBL's return. Who signed off on this and why would you ever contemplate signing off on this? And the last one, you have Jade runs through the AEW roster. Speaking of Jade, we just talked about Jade Cargill. This whole year, again, was supposed to be a, a year of improvement and a year of good things for Jade. Nothing but improvement for Jade. And it has literally just been her beating wrestlers that are a thousand times better than her in three-minute matches. Literally. The thing they don't get about this, this year's run for Jade, she's not supposed to do this this early when she's not that good if she was a beast in like two three years and she did this run it'd be it'd be good she and you put on actual matches and you keep winning your actual matches you'd be a fucking badass but she sucks it's three minutes of fucking cover-up and then she wins bro it's like i'm watching fucking braun Strowman in 2017 absolutely bro so those are your honorable mentions for worst booking decision of the year. And as for your actual uh, nominees, here they are right on your screen, man. The first one, we have the JAS editions. Now, don't get me wrong. The JAS has been a solid group. They have been a solid group even with the additions. But, did, but you have to be lying if you were to say that these additions made the group any better in fact they made it a little worse but exactly. through all of that the group has still been solid and which is crazy 
just shows the uh, the talent from the OG members because they are all very great. They are all exactly very, very great. Um, <sighs> the second this one, man, guy. Roman two belts. Roman Reigns capturing both world championships from WrestleMania 38. Dude, why? I mean, this this literally to this day fucked, fucked everything. everything up. Everything. Bullshit mm-hmm. out of whack. No goal for anything except getting those two off of him. Yes. Absolutely, man. The acclaimed lose from all out. Man. Was this just so heartbreaking. We were in the crowd for this and every single person in that arena wanted to see the acclaim take the tag team championships from Swerve and Our Glory that night and they did not achieve said glory, man. Um they they lost and it was one of the worst it was one of the worst uh it was one of the worst experiences uh, one of the most heartbreaking experiences from being in a live crowd. I remember genuinely being very, very upset after this match. I just had to sit down and sit there and fucking get myself together, man, because it was so incredibly sad. It really was, bro. It was such a good match just to lead to a, lo- a loss, man. It sucked, man. It turned out good in the end when, you know, they won the titles, but that moment would have just been unbelievable it would have been in a different category if they won man so uh, hate to see it uh no question man and the next one we have walter to who we know now today as gunther bro i don't care what anybody says i'm still on this shit this this is such a bad name change, bro. This is one of the most infuriating name changes ever. I still don't like Gunther. Everybody told me to calm down. And it's getting better because he was actually being booked good. But, man, according to those plans that Vince McMahon had for him, we were right all along. Things that come with name changes are you getting fucked, pretty much. So that is that, is that man. And Walter to Gunther was one of the most frustrating things. Being a huge Walter fan that you could possibly possibly imagine. So much so, I posted a rant about the name change, and Mr. Walter himself liked the video. So, that just goes to show, man. But, yeah, uh, no question. Next, man, we have the Miz and Tommaso Ciampa pairing. I mean, just look at the picture, bro. Did anybody ever think they were going to see Tommaso Ciampa in pink and lime green? Come on, bro. Next, fucking Miz. Fucking like the mid. Garbage-ass fucking Miz. Dude fucking blows. He fucking brought Ciampa down with him. And you hate to see pairings like that. I mean, how frustrating is it seeing Tommaso Ciampa next to the Miz exactly bro one of the worst things ever how in a million that is one of the worst visuals you can possibly ever see as a wrestling fan 
Orange Cassidy really being is. the first man to pin Adam Cole from Beach Break. Now look, I know this was an unsanctioned match and it technically doesn't count, but just imagine, bro, the first match that you see Adam Cole get pinned in is against Orange Cassidy. Super, oh, that was super fury. Horrible Orange Cassidy, too. That was when he was really, really bad. He's gotten a little better now, but man, was that shit fucked at the moment. Horrible. Atrocious. Horrible. Austin Theory winning Money in the Bank. Bro. What? Why? Why did this have to happen, bro? This was the most Vince McMahon thing ever. He sent this guy out there, christened him as the next chosen one, and man, oh man, this was uh, this was this was gonna this was not gonna be good, bro. Had Vince McMahon stayed in, even with Vince McMahon out of the company, this is something that could have been so easily avoid avoidable for Austin Theory, and something that he could have done without. Horrible, horrible booking decision. Exactly, bro. Did more damage to the guy than he did good, man. And that's literally the opposite point of the fucking thing. So, you hate to see decisions like that go down. Yeah, speaking of damage, Bianca Belair buries damage control at Extreme Rules. This was the ladder match against Bailey, where Bianca Belair just mopped the fucking floor with all three members of the group. And won the ladder match. Damage control. Damage control. Damage control was dead before this. But this was the icing on top of the cake, man. Bianca Belair literally. This you can see just... her there. Just giving a double KOD. To the other two members of the group. How is that group supposed to be looked at as a threat? Everybody before that moment was saying how, you know, bad they've been booked, and, you know, and then that was just like, yep, they fucking, they're buried. Like, she literally beat all three of them by herself. Yeah, that was the nail in the fucking coffin for that group. That was the icing on top of the cake that uh, WWE knew what they were doing with the group. They just didn't care. So, the exactly, next... Logan. There's so much good and fun storylines that come from Raw having their world title literally absolutely absolutely and next ring of honor takes over aew television man how about that logo made by yours truly all honor <laughs> wrestling that is where we are currently at uh well it's gotten a lot better but oh my yes. god was aew yes. television just a ring of honor show throughout the whole entire summer and end of the year. Literally. Like, bro, it was just foul. It was just the amount of time it took every show. And who we took it from. I'm glad we're starting to see it go. Thank God. Good riddance. Seriously. And the next one. The Dexter Loomis and Miz storyline. Bro. Well, you could even throw Johnny Gargano's name into that, too. This is... One of the main reasons why Johnny Gargano is under a failed run of the year. I mean, you're not completely wrong. 
that's probably the main reason why a lot of people say Kenny's the best like ever in the modern era because he's a win everywhere. Well, certain people like Roman have him, so I respect that. That's fair. I, I fair, Mr. Anoli. Yeah, man. So these are your nominees for the worst booking decision of the year, man. And next, we have the nominees for the breakout star of the year. Man. First nominee, we have Solo Sokoa. He had a huge breakout year uh, in NXT. A lot of people took notice to him. And then coming up and being in the bloodline, this guy has an air to him that he is like he's been there the whole entire time. And he just started, but he feels like he's been on the main rosters for years, man. He fits like a glove, and he's been great. He has been a great enforcer to the bloodline. I really like it, man. That is very true. He does feel like he's been here the whole time, man. He he fits perfectly, and he's fucking good, man. And you love to see see just good people just come up and just do well on the main roster off the gate. You love it. No question. No question, man. So, with that, the next nominees for Breakout Star of the Year is none other than Platinum Max and Anthony Bowens, the acclaimed, with Daddy Ass. Dude, what can I say, man? They have just, they have just been incredible. They have just been absolutely incredible, man. Um... So good, so good. Such a breakout year for them. And uh, them, you know, gaining some traction with the Scissor Me stuff and then putting on just, putting on that match they did at All Out. And and honestly, all all of their matches with Swerve and Our Glory uh, were fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then them finally becoming the AEW World Tag Team Champions, man. I mean, it, it is a homegrown success story like no other. Exactly, bro. They got over with something really cool and really funny. Um, they proved themselves being great in-ring performers at All Out. And they won the titles within the year with a genuine moment, man. It's rare to see moments like that, man. Absolutely, man. And the next nominee, we have Daniel Garcia. Red Death. Danny hey. Garcia. Dude, this was such a good year for him, bro. Um, from ever, uh, from everywhere, from being a uh, possibly being a part of the Blackpool Combat Club to, um, him going the other route and doing the Jericho Appreciation Society, absolutely thriving in that role, winning the ROH Pure Title this year, um, being involved in a storyline with Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho that was one of the most intriguing storylines uh, of the year. Uh, Daniel Garcia definitely has definitely has has earned this spot huge, man. Definitely, man. Definitely, he's had a big rise, man. Yeah, the guy's awesome, and no matter what he's what group he's been in, he's been great in it, man. So you love to see it, man. Absolutely. And next, we have the current AEW Women's World Champion, Jamie Hader. Jamie Hader has had a fantastic later half of the year. That mm-hmm. amounted so high, it seen her capturing the AEW Women's World Championship, which is something that I did not see coming this year at all. But she did it, I man. Would never and, guess. 
and she has she has had a great match. She she has had great matches um, since becoming the champion, and even building up to that man, she's been putting on some bangers. So she definitely is a huge breakout star that I did not see coming at the very last minute in the wrestling world, man. So you love to see it, bro. Exactly, bro. Jamie had a great, great fucking rise this year, man. So great she became world champ, man. Crazy to see. It's so rare to happen, but that's the shit that makes the women's division interesting. And now with her as champ, I'm interested because not only is she great in the ring, she can have great matches with what so far it seems to be anybody, man. And we need that type of champion in AEW, man. So you love to see, well, for the women, at least for the women. Um, But you love to see it, man. And you love to see just stars like that be made. Absolutely, man. And this year, again, we have Tony D'Angelo for Breakout Star of the Year. Like I said, the reason Tony D'Angelo is on the list again is because last year we completely butchered the definition of a breakout. Um, we did. We, uh, there is a difference, uh, like I told you guys a while ago, there is a difference. And uh, we un- definitely understand that now between breakout and introduction. You know, exactly. um, a lot of people get introduced and we find out that they're pretty good and we put them under breakout star of the year. And that's not a breakout star of the year. Um, a breakout star is people who uh, a breakout star to me is somebody who's been put in big situations and have thrived in them. And they have nothing but good things to come for them if handled correctly. Exactly, so Tony D'Angelo went from being... Tony D'Angelo to Don this year. Exactly. What bro. a fucking year for Tony D'Angelo, bro. I mean, he beat Tommaso Ciampa. He christened himself the Don of NXT. And, dude, he has just been fantastic all year, man. Tony D'Angelo has, uh, if you ask me, the most upside from NXT 2.0. He is my favorite. He has been my favorite, especially with Santos gone. He is definitely my favorite on NXT 2.0. Um, and Tony, Tony's completely, completely amazing. Amazing work. Exactly, man. Really came into his own with that work. Really made it not fucking cheesy as fuck from last year and shit. Yeah. And he really made it into his own, man, which you love to see. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And next, we have 2.0, or I don't even know if they're 2.0 anymore. I don't know if they're just Cool Hand Ange and Daddy Magic. I I don't know, but we're going to call them 2.0 because that's what we know them as, man. But um, 2.0, bro, just so amazing, so amazing. I mean, everybody remembers those post-match promos from Matt Lee or Matt Menard, Daddy Magic. Um, absolutely fantastic. These are another group of guys ever, ever since they got put in the JAS, they have been put time and time again in big situations and they have stepped up to the plate and hit a fucking home run every single time, man. So these guys undoubtedly earned themselves a spot as a breakout star. Definitely, man. Definitely. These guys have been great, man. Um, last year I, I did not like them at all. And They've come into one of my low-key favorite tag teams in AEW, man. They're great. And I hope I hope they have I hope they have a really good 2023 because I can't lie, the 
the last couple months, 2022, we haven't really seen them as much as we should. No. So I hope we see them a lot more in 2023, man. I really hope we do. All right, man. And the next nominee is none other than Santos Escobar, bro. He really came into his own this year once he introduced the El Jefe character in his feud against former, or fellow, rather, breakout star of the year, Tony D'Angelo. Their feud, for me, absolutely, uh, you know, turned my liking to them up by a thousand percent. I mean, that was that was how you do it, bro. That was how you do it, and it, w- it made for some excellent work and Santos Escobar really put himself on the map this year. I think that feud honestly transcended both of those guys to be honest. That feud to me was broken both up. Yes. Crazy. Absolutely. So Santos Escobar is uh another nominee for the breakout star of the year, man. Definitely, definitely, man. It's been great. Love to see guys like him come up, man. I'm glad they're doing. They did well with him, man. I'm real. I really am. Especially because he is a guy who he is a guy who had Triple H not taken over, probably would still be in NXT, and that would probably oh, yeah, probably it. be the end of it. Literally. So, with that, the next nominee for Breakout Star of the Year is Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta went from being in a pool of nothingness. With the best friends and Orange Cassidy to the young guy in the Blackpool Combat Club, the protege to John Moxley, to Claudio, to Brian, to Mr. Regal. Wheeler Yuta has had a tremendous year. He has he's I think he did the G one this year, if I'm not being honest. I think that's why you missed double or nothing. He was a part of the G one. He unfortunately had to miss Anarchy in the arena. He was a part of Blood and Guts. Wheeler Yuta had that tremendous match against John Moxley from Rampage. Uh, Wheeler Yuta has really put himself on the map and really put himself on the map as one of the future stars of professional wrestling, and he very much so is. He is fantastic, and he proved that in every which way this year. Truly, man. He was just a guy. I didn't think I ever paid attention to him while he was in the fucking best friends man but this is where he belongs man this is what he should be doing and he's fucking awesome in that role man he really is bro yeah man and the next superstar the next breakout star of the year nominee is none other than pretty ricky ricky sarks man he went from he literally went from me not really liking him that much this year to having just some of the coolest promo delivery with Will Hobbs, putting on some bangers of matches with Will Hobbs, and then going on to do some really good single stuff on his own, man. As far as promos go, he knocks it out of the park almost every single time you see him with a microphone. He has been begging this company for TV time for the longest time, and he is absolutely, un, uh, absolutely, undoubtedly deserved for a breakout star of the year. What a fucking year for Ricky Starks, man. Definitely, man. Definitely, man. It's been on fire. The promos have been great. The matches have been great. And it's just crazy to think that I used to can't. I used to not be able to stand the guy. Now he's one of my favorite parts about the damn show. 
Absolutely, man. And for the final one, Mr. Logan Paul. This dude. Did anybody expect Logan Paul to give Roman Reigns one of his best matches out of the year? Because oh, I know I fucking didn't. But look, man. Every single time we've seen Logan Paul, he gives us a damn good match. Logan Paul brought The Miz to a good pay-per-view match, bro. That alone makes you deserve it for a breakout start of the year. And then he did the same thing with Roman Reigns. Every time they have put him on, on a big situation, he... He stepped up, man, and he's knocked it out of the park. He has been great, and that is something that came out of complete left field for me. Complete. Exactly, bro. I did not expect it at all, man, but he's great, and it's it's crazy to think, man. I would have never guessed, man. I'm, and I'm relieved that he's actually fucking good. Yes, absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> and with that, here are some honorable mentions for moment of the year. We have MJF's villain origin from Dynamite on February 23rd of this year. Everybody remembers this promo, man. Everybody loved this promo. And this was one of Max's best promos. It was fantastic. And I love how all of his feuds, you'll notice a common theme with him, all of his feuds have some sort of origin story to them. So it was real cool to see. Which I love. Definitely, man. Definitely. I love the origin story thing, and it's it's awesome to see. Absolutely, man. And Cody Rhodes unveils his torn peck from Hell in a Cell this year. Oh, boy, was that a really, really eerie moment. That was, the, ooh, that was something, bro. That was something. One of the most gutsiest, grittiest performances you will ever see from a guy and uh, and it was Cody Rhodes, man, and it made for a damn good match. It really did. It really fucking did, man. Cody, he's, he's the type to give it his all, man. No matter how fucking weird he, he might be about it, he, he does give it his all, man. 100%, man. And next we have Uncle Howdy saves Bray Wyatt from SmackDown on December 16th. This was just from two weeks ago, man. And this was... What a moment this was, man. Uncle Howdy walking through the smoke, just seeing his silhouette. Man, that was that was sick, bro. That was sick. Super cool. Love this moment. Definitely, man. It's really awesome, bro. I really like to see it. Next is Regal's farewell to the Blackpool Combat Club from Dynamite on December 8th. That's, this was the secret video he filmed if something bad happened to him. And oh my lord, was this sad. This this, this was... Um, she was sad, man. Yes. The, man, the, this, uh, this is the kind of promo that'll make you want to shed a couple tears, man. This was so incredibly sad. Uh, this uh, farewell address from William Regal. Um, very sad. Very very sad, man. I I hated to see him go, but I'm glad they actually closed the book and wrapped everything they could up. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, man. MJF and William Regal's promo from ten eighteen, man, from November or yeah, sorry, from October eighteenth. Um, this was the one where MJF told William Regal 
that when he rejected him, he wanted to kill himself, and William Regal was laughing at him. This was this was such a good promo, dude. This was such a good promo, and it led to a pretty cool turn segment from MJF where he read off the email that Regal had left him, the same email that he read off in this promo, man. So yeah. uh, this was such a good promo, man. It was such a cool moment and another another great uh, promo moment for MJF out of the year, man. It really was, man. It was just promo moment after moment, and you love to see it, man. Yeah, man. And then the last honorable mention, we have the honorary Ooze. Sami Zayn gets christened the honorary Ooze from the Tribal Chief himself from SmackDown on October 23rd. This is another great feel-good moment for the Bloodline, man. It really was, man. I, I, I liked it a lot, man. Absolutely. Now on to the real nominees for moment of the year we have wardlow's turn from revolution man that was uh that was awesome that was pretty awesome that really was mjf wanted the ring wardlow couldn't find it but oh as soon as mjf got distracted oh wrong pocket loved it loved the smugness on it yeah it it was it was awesome Next, we have Uncle Howdy reveals himself from SmackDown on October 28th. The ghost of the man who killed the world promo. Man, this was fucking epic, bro. The real unveiling of Uncle Howdy. The first time we've seen him uh, show himself, show his real face. Awesome. Loved it. Really was, man. I really liked how I'm down. Yeah, man. Next, we have MJF's Pipe Bomb from Dynamite on June 1st. Oh, boy. This this could genuinely be a promo of the decade. This was one of the best promos I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, This is definitely top three for sure. This one is... My God. What a... This promo set the AEW world on fire, man. It really did, man. It was... It was the backstage confusion that went along with it, and just the fireness of the promo, bro. Mans was really yelling, fucking fire me, you fucking mark, on live TV to his boss. Love it. One of, my, one of, one of the best, bro. No question. And the next one is Cody Rhodes comes back to WWE. So this is not Cody's return, but it is the moment in itself of him coming back to WWE that in itself was the moment and oh man so obviously Cody is a nominee for return slash debut but this is an entire different this is a moment in itself the man who said he would never come back was back and it was insane to see um yes absolutely man and next Jay Uso Except Sami Zayn into the bloodline from Survivor Series, man. This was such an awesome moment. Jey Uso, uh, Sami putting his hand out to shake Jay's hand, and Jay slapped it away and picked him up and started hugging him. What a moment that was. What a cool moment. It really was, man. I, I love to see it. Perfect combination of their, of their little beef. No question, man. And then next... 
We have Ricky Stark's star-making promo from Dynamite on December the 9th. This was Ricky Starks' moment against the AEW World Champion, uh, the AEW World Champion, the one week he had to cut a promo and make everybody remember it. And here's what it was, man. This was some really good stuff, man. This was some really good stuff. And this was Ricky Starks showing everybody that he is the real deal, man, and that he is. So it was, uh, it was awesome. It was an awesome promo. It really was, bro. I love to see it. And like MJ. Ricky Starks really solidified himself, man. And it was against one of the best MJF. So, you know, it was a great moment, man. Next, we have the Step Up or Get Stepped On promo. The introduction to the Blackpool Combat Club from Dynamite on March the 9th, man. What an awesome promo this was. And such a different look on William Regal in the company, man. Um, Because in WWE... Obviously, everybody knew Regal as a GM, but here he was transitioning to a badass backstage manager, and badass is the least word to describe it, man. It was amazing, dude. It was an amazing promo. It really was, man. I, I loved loved the promo, loved the idea of the group, and its formation was just really awesome to see, man. Yes, and his delivery was so his important here. It really was. Yeah, man. Next, we have CM Punk's first AEW title win from Double or Nothing. Man, this was such an awesome moment, bro. This was such an awesome moment. The man was in tears. It was just so. It was just so cool to watch, and and he looked truly happy, man. He looked like he was finally where he was meant to be. And oh boy, how that yeah. came crashing down later this summer. But up until this point. It was one of the best moments out of the year, without a question. Definitely, man. Definitely one of the best moments, man. It was awesome to see. I feel like fate finally happened, man. And then it happened, man. But in the moment, it was it was unbelievable to see. No question, man. And the next one is Wheeler Yuta proves himself. To the Blackpool Combat Club, the introduction of Wheeler Yuta in the BCC from Rampage on April four or sorry April eighth. He gets done fighting John Moxley, man, and and William Regal finally, finally, slaps uh, or no shakes his hand after slapping him in the face, uh, denying him into the group months or weeks prior to that. He finally extends the hand. Shakes William Regal's hand, and he was accepted into the BCC, and it was such a cool moment, man. Such a cool moment. Definitely, man. You love to see moments like that to, you know, prove Yoda. Yoda. God <laughs> damn, I'm fucking tired. Yoda. It's to prove Yoda and solidify himself, man, and it was just fucking awesome. Fucking Yoda, motherfucker. God damn. Cannot fucking talk. It's fucking Yoda, man. <laughs> fucking Rizzer. <laughs> so, next, we have the We Are Chicago promo from August man. 31st from CM Punk, man. Dude, as confusing as that booking got, man, this promo got me right back into this shit. It wasn't even funny, man. That shit got me hype as fuck, man. Really I did. couldn't wait for that shit. Yes, it really did. This this was awesome. This was an awesome promo. 
got everybody hype as hell for the match at All Out, man. And yeah, man. So those are your nominees for the moment of the year. I see you guys I see a common theme. I see you guys saying that that is a hard one. Dude, that that one that one was one of the hardest ones. It definitely is. Definitely the hardest one. There was like fifteen at one point. Yes, without question, man. So next, next we have the letdown honorable mentions. The honorable mentions for letdown of the year is L.A. Knight's call up. Um, obviously he would get called up as max dupree so that just goes to show how uh how hard that let me down Mm -hmm. drew loses at clash at the castle this one was heartbreaking as well i was i really 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 was hoping drew would put us all out of our misery on this night i really thought he was gonna man and he didn't unfortunately he was not able to and the last one is the booking for Ruby Soho. This is supposed to be a good year for Ruby Soho. She was put in a TBS title match in the beginning of the year, lost that. She had a chance to win the Owen Hart Cup, lost that. It was just a whirlwind of just nothingness. Yes. Swear, man. Horrible to see. Absolutely. And next, next, man. We have the nominees for Letdown of the Year. Starting off, we have Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar from the Royal Rumble. I was so hyped to see Bobby Lashley finally face Brock Lesnar, and it was just horrible. Brock didn't give a fuck. The build was horrendous. It was horrible, man. It was a disaster. It was. The All-Atlantic Championship is the next one, dude. What what was the what point of this title? What, what is the point of this title, dude? Honestly. I mean, seriously. I swear to God, Just pointless, man. Just taking up time. So pointless. So pointless, man. And next, we have No War Pigs for Wardlow. Wardlow was supposed to come out to War Pigs by Black Sabbath this year. He even posted about it on his social media and... Dude, this one, just again, another one that just broke my heart, man. And then he did end up getting a new theme song, and it was the most generic Goldberg-like music you can possibly imagine. Absolutely heartbreaking. It really was, man. It was horrible to see. And it, it was really the nail in his coffin on his fall. Yeah, man, next we have the TBS Championship, the championship that was literally just created for Jade Cargill and nothing nothing more. Pointless. Definition of pointless, man. I hate the title more than I don't like her. Yeah, man, and next we have the Undisputed Era in AEW, bro. What? God. Well, a lot, of this, a lot of mm-hmm. this is caused by injury. But even at that, they brought Adam Cole in. They put him back with the Young Bucks because they didn't know if they were getting Kyle and Bobby. And they got Kyle and Bobby. Then it was just this weird merging of the two factions. And and then when they finally did break up, Bobby Fish didn't get his contract renewed. Adam Cole still wasn't medically cleared. And Kyle O'Reilly had to go get neck fusion surgery. So what a dud. What a dud. They did the turn. 
and we never seen him again. Literally, literally, bro. They turned. That was the last time we saw him, bro. So, and hopefully, we see them together, man. Because I wouldn't want it any other way with that fucking group. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Next is the the overrun dud. The AEW Dynamite overrun dud. The dud where they shut out the lights and it was none other than Satnam Singh. Bruh. Good lord. What was that? Absolutely horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Why? Why? Cut out the lights for somebody that nobody for somebody that nobody knows. Literally, bruh. Literally. Next, we have women's wrestling. Has women's wrestling just been one of the biggest letdowns of the year, man? I mean, my God. So disappointing. Exactly, but like, man, everywhere you went, it was just lame, repetitive, just stale shit everywhere. It was from AEW to WWE. At least AEW's is improving, and WWE's isn't horrible at this point, but there's nothing special about it. So it's, it's getting better. Oh, man, was it bad. Oh, horrendous. Next up, we have CM Punk's AEW departure. This is still ongoing, so mm-hmm. nothing's really concrete yet, but up until this point, man, it's looking like he's done. And it is so heartbreaking to see CM Punk actually being uh, gone from AEW, man, after everything they did and after all the special moments that were made and the little amount of the 14 months he was there. And it just came and went. Yep. Bro just showed up, fucking made some of the best memories in the business, and just fucking got pissed off and left. So... Such such a letdown, bro. Such a fucking letdown. Um, it doesn't get it doesn't man. It really doesn't. No, it really doesn't. And next, the men's Royal Rumble match. This was one of the worst Royal Rumble. This was one of the most Royal Rumble matches, let alone the pay per view, I've ever seen in my entire life. This Royal Rumble match was filled with a bunch of nobodies, and it culminated with Brock oh, Lesnar, of all people, winning the match. Winning it. Horrible. Horrible match, horrible winner, horrible fucking pay-per-view. One of the worst Royal Rumble pay-per-views I've ever seen in my entire life. And the next one, the last nominee you. for letdown of the year, is Wardlow's Rise. Man. Man. Just such... Wardlow manages to make letdown of the year... Make letdown of the year twice. Bro. You hate to see that. You really do. I never... Th- I didn't even... I didn't think he'd be on this list this year, man. I didn't think he would come anywhere really close didn't. to this list. And here we are. Nope. Had it fucking twice. <sighs> Horrible, dude. Horrible. So heartbreaking, it really is. I thought this was his year, man, but it was everything but that. And Wardlow, the savior of the TNT title, went on to do the exact same thing that majority of other people do with the TNT title. Absolutely nothing. Just literally, literally, 
just holding it physically. Ugh. Yeah, man. So that is your nominees for letdown of the year, man. And your honorable mentions for return slash debut of the year. Jeff Hardy from Dynamite on March the 9th. This was awesome. Uh, didn't really last too long, which is why it's an honorable yeah. mention. And the House Look of Black from Thanksgiving Eve Dynamite in Chicago, man. The November 23rd edition of the Dynamite is a super cool re-debut for the house. And they've been doing really good ever since, man. Exactly, man. Exactly. Good to see them doing good. And it makes that fucking return all the better. Absolutely, man. And with that, your nominees. Your nominees for return slash debut of the year. Keith Lee from Dynamite on February the 9th. How awesome was that, bro? Finally seeing Keith Lee not in that fucking singlet, getting to wrestle like Keith Lee. Man, how cool was that? Hell yeah, man. It was really good, man. I mean, this is the type of place for him, man. Place that lets him be himself. Absolutely, man. And next, we have Soraya from Grand Slam. This was so cool. It was so shocking. And it was such a cool moment for her, being that she's been out of the ring forever, man. So this was this was a really awesome moment, man. Definitely, man. Very shocking, and I loved seeing it, man. It was it was just something I never expected, man. Yeah, man. And next is none other than Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes from WrestleMania 38, man. What a... Keep the show on the road, man. All right, so the next one. The next one, the return slash debut of the year. We were on, uh, we were done with Soraya, man. So for the next one, none other than Cody Rhodes from WrestleMania 38. This was such a good return, dude. And it was, I really felt like you were living in the fucking Twilight Zone seeing him in WWE. And my God, this was um, this was something, man. And the return itself, ever since then, it took me a while to warm up to it because I I was yeah. a little I was a little um, I was a little sour on the fact that he was in that he was in WWE to begin with. But once you could take a step back and appreciate everything for what it is, um, then it's it's a really cool moment. It's a really cool moment. But the return itself. Even from the jump was nothing short of great, man. I called Logan, and, and I remember, man, we just had we it's just both nuts. had the most shocked look on our face. Hell yeah, man! Hell yeah, great moment, great return itself. What he was doing, and you love to see stuff like that. No question. Next is the Elite from Full Gear. This was one of AEW's only times they genuinely produced something like a return. Uh, yeah. Incredibly um, down to a T with the amount of time, with the pacing, and they didn't rush it. And it was something that everybody was allowed to sink their teeth into and breathe and let breathe. It was awesome, man. It was awesome. And it led to a really great match. Oh, yeah, man. It, it was an actual moment. It got to be. Just in itself, man. 
I'm fucking rushing to the next thing. You'll love to see it, bro. It was really awesome to see them back. No question, man. And the next one is Claudio Castagnoli from Forbidden Door. He was the mystery partner for Zack Sabre Jr. And he went on to put on a damn good match with Zack Sabre Jr. And he has went on to have something of a career resurgence this year. From just being a guy who just sat in WWE to putting on some really good, solid, solid stuff for us, man. So, props to Claudio. Never thought I'd see him leave that fucking company, man. But he did, and it's been awesome ever since, man. Absolutely, man. And the next one is Swerve Strickland from Revolution. This was an awesome, awesome uh, debut, even though Tony Schiavone kind of spoiled it. But ever since Swerve, it wasn't so much the re- the return moment that was cool because, you know, Tony Schiavone did spoil it. But what he's done since then, man, made the debut, uh, made the debut that much better, man. I mean, the oh, debut... God. The debut was um the, the debut has just been great, dude. He has been putting on great matches up until uh his little mogul affiliates thing. He's been fantastic, bro. Exactly, bro. Exactly. Was the the actual return itself was botched, but ever since then he's been doing great, man. Absolutely, man. And the next one <laughs> and the next one is William Regal from Revolution. Him Coming down to the ring, slapping Brian in his face, slapping John Moxley in his face again. Getting to see a bit of a different side from Mister Regal is uh, has been has been uh, uh, very cool. And this debut moment in itself was so shocking as he walked from um, he walked from the backstage area. He did not come through the ramp or, or he did not come down the aisle or nothing like that. Uh, awesome moment. Awesome. Yeah, very awesome, man. And it built something really awesome, man. From start to finish, him, his debut in, you know, AEW was, was awesome, man. That run was great. Absolutely, man. And the next one is Bray Wyatt from Extreme Rules. How fucking cool was this, bro? The lights shut off. We got, we heard... He's got the whole world in his hands. We've seen the live puppets in the crowd. We've seen the Firefly Funhouse with the cobwebs all over it, which led to that door freaking getting thrown open, and out comes the Uncle Howdy mask, which he would then unveil himself to be none other than Bray Wyatt, man. So it was a very, very cool moment and such an awesome debut. And and, and what an awesome return following that, man. I mean, it has just been poetic up until this point, man. Fantastic work. It really was, man. It's been great. The, the debut was awesome, or the return, I should say, was awesome, man. And it was just great seeing them back, man. They went all out for it. And speaking of All Out, we have the next guy, MJF. MJF, man, his return Mm -hmm. from All Out. He had such a cool return, man, where CM Punk wins the AEW world title back. Lights go out. The lights go out, and we just hear a phone call of Tony Khan saying that he's going to swallow the very bitter pill. And he's going to bring MJF back in the casino ladder match, which he did earlier that night. And he's going to give him X amount of money. And he doesn't have to sign a contract extension. And then we've seen the video package of MJF taking off the devil mask 
and saying, I am the devil himself. God damn. Ah, there we are. We're back. Yes, this was such a cool moment. I apologize again. This was such a cool moment for MJF, man. And it was, uh, it was, it was all that, man. It was pretty fucking cool. Definitely, man. Really awesome. I was going crazy. I love how they did it with the phone call and everything. Mm-hmm. 100%, man. And then the next one is Samoa Joe from Supercard of Honor. This was super badass, bro. Everybody thought Samoa Joe was just going to end up going back to WWE. And he showed up in Ring of Honor, man, and it was such an awesome moment. He came out looking like such a badass, and it was so cool, man. It really was. It really was, man. It was really awesome, really badass, and put some eyes on ROH. Definitely, man. Definitely. And as for the next one, man, we have the nominee 